welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hey, if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians. Say Ephesians. One. I'm going to try to read, guys. My eyes have gotten so bad through COVID. I think it's all the screen time. So I literally am turning into this old, old, old person, and I can barely read my Bible. It's terrible. Um, But before I start, the Lord gave me a word for some of you this morning. Who likes to get a word from the Lord? (laughs) Woo! Guess what? We can get a word from the Lord every day when we open our Bible. We can. We totally can. There's nothing more pure. Oh, man. There's just like the Spirit of God is in this room. There's nothing more pure than God just speaking directly to you. How many of you here were here for Sammy? Sammy was so awesome. We just love, we love Sammy. We trust him. We, we, we love the gifts that God has given him. We love him as a person. But nothing, nothing could be more pure than God just speaking directly to you. But God gave me a word for some of you. You want to hear it? Okay, this is what the Lord said. He said, you've been called for such a time as this. He said, I'm the one who created the skies, the land, the seas, the stars. I'm the one who created you, and I called you by name. Though the years have seemed long, and the days have seemed hard, and even at times you thought it was too much to bear and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I was the one who was with you, and my grace in you was so much stronger. I am the Alpha who was there the day you were created, And the day you cried out and were born into this world, I am the Omega who will be there on the day you take your last breath here on earth. But I'm also the one who is working mightily today in your life, church, in every detail and in every moment. It is I who began the good work in you, and I am the one who is faithful to complete it. I've heard your cries, church. I've seen your tears. And not for one moment were you forsaken. Not for one moment will I ever leave you or forsake you. The creator could and never would forget his creation. You are my masterpiece, and my spirit is upon you in this hour. So church, rise up. Church, shake off the dust. It's a new day, and the time of singing has come. The winter has passed. New things I declare over you in your life. Take flight, child. You're not done. It's time to soar. Come on. I cried as I wrote that out. See, you can, just open, you can just open up your computer. You can just open up your journal. We were talking a little bit about this at Connect Group because we've started a Connect Group at my house on Monday nights. If you want to come, you're more than welcome to join. But just teaching a generation, teaching the generations that we can just hear from the Lord. I just felt the Lord had a word for some of us here, and I just begin to type. But as, at the end here, I just begin to cry where he said, take flight, child. You're not done, and it's time to soar. Amen? Church, it's your time to soar. Say, it's my time. Jana, say, it's my time. It's my time. Okay, so how many of you who were here last week? Pastor Jake spoke to us. Wasn't it good? It was so, so good, and as he spoke, I began to get so excited because he didn't know, I didn't know what he was going to talk about, and he didn't know what I was going to talk about, right? But the Spirit of God knows. 
the Spirit of God knows. In the, in the last couple of weeks, the Lord just began to give pictures of our church, and the Lord says, this is what I want you to talk on. So as he talked on hearts, the Lord instructed me to speak on forgiveness, to speak on forgiveness today. So I really feel like he actually really laid a solid foundation for what we're going to talk about just for a moment this morning. But if you haven't listened to last week's message, I strongly encourage you. Were you here? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, see? It was good, and it will help perhaps bring what I'm going to say this morning into a strong, the stronger context and a more clear context. But Proverbs 4.23 was um, one of his main verses last week, and, it's, and it says in there, guard your heart. Say, guard your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Say, guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Another translation says, out of it flows the springs of life. Church, our hearts are a big deal to God. Your heart is a big deal to God. Our hearts should be a big deal to God. One of the number one killers in the world is heart disease. That starts with our heart spiritually, and I, he got into that a little bit. It's called sclerocardia. I'm not preaching on that this morning, but we need to guard our hearts. Our hearts are a big deal to the Lord, and guess what? You're a big deal to God. You are a massive deal to God. He thinks about you every moment of every single day, and so, so must we be mindful to guard our hearts in this hour and be mindful to spend time with Jesus so much, so much, so much in your new Bible. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But you are a massive deal to the Lord. I remember something Jake's dad said years ago, and, and some of you have heard me say this before. I was super young. He wasn't even preaching this. I don't even remember what the message was on. And he's American, and his dad's going to become preaching here, and uh, he's going to be here in about five weeks preaching. But he said this, he said you, and he said darlings. He's from the South, American. He said, you cannot, he said, you can't afford to harden your hearts, darlings. You can't afford to harden your heart for one moment. It's been a challenge this season, hasn't it? Just put up your hand. It's okay. Like, it, it helps people to see that they're, they're not alone. Look around the room. Has it been a challenge this season? Just look around the room. It's been a challenge. But where there's challenge, there's an opportunity for us, church, to become more like Jesus. I am so challenged when I read the Gospels to become more like Jesus. Even this week, went through some stuff. And I'm like, of course this was going to happen because the Lord told me to speak on forgiveness. I'm like, I knew something was coming. Thank you, Lord, for putting more of a passion in my heart, you know, and, you know, and just putting something in front of me to pass the test. And I hope I did in Jesus' name. But um, we cannot afford to harden our hearts for one moment. Okay, are you in Ephesians 2? I, I, I got to get moving here. Okay, Ephesians 2, 19, okay, to 21. The Apostle Paul speaking, okay, to the church at Ephesus. He said, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you too, church, say, I am being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
So I can't go too deep into this, but what he's kind of saying here is, you're not on the outside anymore looking in. He said, I've, I, I shed my blood for you. We sang about this morning, right? There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. I made a new and living way for you to come. I made a way for Gentiles to come. There's not the, there's not the you and me or the us and the them. There's just us. There's just we. And we can have access to this grace of God by the Spirit of God. And the message, it says, that's plain enough, isn't it? Church, you're no, wandering, you're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. Have you ever felt like an outsider? I felt like an outsider at times. You belong here. Say, I belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. As anyone. God is building a home. Church, so awesome because he's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here. And what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Say, he's using me. Fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Isn't that beautiful? <sighs> Welcome home. Welcome home. You know, and that's what Jesus says to us every single day. Just makes me want to cry. Welcome home. I've forgiven you for everything that you've done. Welcome home, child. There's no shame in me. Welcome home, child. There's no guilt. Welcome home, child. There's freedom in my name. I need 10 volunteers. Who's brave enough to come to the front and not know what you're going to do? Okay, Lena, Chris, come on. Just come up. Awesome. 10, come on. And I need you guys to link arms. Are we good? Oh, come on. Here, all of you. There you go. Come on. You know what? Let's just get more people. There's lots of people here today. Come on. Just don't be shy. Let's fill up to the wall. Who else wants to come up here? Let's keep coming until we fill up to the wall. Let's go to the end of the wall. Come on, one more person with Nicole. One more. Come on, let's give it up for them. Let's clap, come on. Clap, come on. We are a part of a kingdom of God. Hebrews 10 talks about this, that cannot be shaken. But what this scripture is talking about is you're no longer outsiders. You're not foreigners, you're not aliens, you're not strangers. You neither, even though you weren't brave enough to come to the front. We forgive you. We forgive you. But God is in the business of using all of us. I'm short. Can you see me? God is in the business of using all of us. Say, God wants to use me. Say, I'm a big deal to God. Humbly, I'm a big deal to God, okay? Humbly. But he, what he's talking about is as we're joined together as the body of Christ, as we're joined together as the kingdom of God, as we're joined together as Hope City Church, 
We grow. Amen? Amen? Now, I wish I could get into Ephesians 3, but we don't have time, and I know you don't want to be here till 2 o'clock this afternoon. But we read scriptures like this, and they're so good, right? It's so good. We could go so deep with this. But what we have to remember, too, where there's community, okay, where there's Christ, there's going to be community, amen? We don't want just community for community's sake. Community is awesome. If you're a young adult, age 18 to 30, we want you to come here for dinner tonight. We're going to feed you. We're going to have a good time. But without Christ, what are we really doing? Amen? We need Christ in our life individually so that Christ can flow through us collectively. Amen? We can do a lot of things, but we can't do much without Jesus. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something that I should because I do that all the time. If anybody knows me, I'm very passionate. You know? But my heart's right. But <laughs> I heard that. Someone's like... <laughs> But together, we grow because guess what? We're imperfect. We're imperfect. But who is perfect? Who's perfect? So Jesus in us allows our connections to be stronger. Amen? But you know what? Sometimes the closer we come to someone, the more we see, right? See, far away, I might look really young. Someone thought I was a 15-year-old pastor last week. I'm like, well, if you go a little closer, you'll see that I'm 45 and I'm not 15. Sorry, not sorry, you know? But as we, one of the things, we have Christ, we have community, but then there can be challenges through the connections, right? Have you ever had a challenge in a relationship? Babe, did we have a challenge last night? Did we have a challenge? (laughs) We're going to talk about marriage today. But as we stay committed and fitted and joined together, we grow. But there's going to be challenges. And what are we going to do when we have that challenge? Are we going to run away? Are we going to choose? (laughs) Right. Are we going to choose to forgive? Are we going to choose to walk in love? Is it easy? Is it easy? Who thinks it's easy? I want to pray for you right now. No, it's not. We can do a lot of things, but we can't do much without Jesus. But here's the thing. Sometimes we allow offense. Sometimes we allow division. Sometimes we allow lies into our heart. And here's the thing about a lie. You think about a lie for too long, and it begins to come truth. And that's dangerous. So what happens is we can begin to believe a lie about someone. Oh, Maddie doesn't like me anymore. She didn't write me back on, you know, on whatever. I'm just making this up. I don't know. I'm not really good at this. But she didn't write me back. And now I think she doesn't want to be my friend. And then we start having these vain imaginations about what could really be going on. And then slowly you begin to pull away a little bit, right? And then slowly. And then Maddie thinks that you're upset with her. And then now she thinks you don't want to be her friend. And now the enemy's coming in. See that? Now the enemy is able to come in. And then now it's like you're hurt. But then hurt and sadness turns to anger, right? And then anger can turn to frustration. And then what happens? Unforgiveness sets in, and then you get separated. But Jesus came so that we wouldn't be separated, so that there could be love, so that there could be light, so that there could be strength, so that there could be life through the power of forgiveness. Amen? Okay.
Give him a hand. So we're going to talk about forgiveness. I've basically taken all my time already, so I'm really sorry. So when we don't walk in forgiveness, church, and mercy towards one another, we begin to remove Christ from that relationship, and it slowly weakens the connection. And here's the thing. The enemy loves stuff like this. It's kind of like frog in the water syndrome. Have you, are, you, you know, are there friends that you're not friends with anymore, and you're like, how did that even happen? Okay, how did that even happen? The definition of forgiveness in Webster's 1828 is to pardon. Say to pardon. To overlook an offense. There you go. And to treat the offenders as not guilty. To send an offense away to reject it. I was just talking to some of my students at Trinity about this uh, yesterday because we were talking about, hey, what have we been reading, or on Friday, what have we been reading in our Bibles? So I was talking to them a little bit about forgiveness. I said, you know, there's this old adage that goes, we, we judge ourselves by our intentions and other people by their actions. Whoa. Let me say that again. I'm not saying we always do that. Okay, of course, you guys don't do that. I've done that. But, of course, you guys don't do that. We can judge ourselves by our intentions and other people by their actions. Or, you know, I said that backwards. And another thing is we can want mercy for ourselves, but we want judgment for other people. Does that sound like Jesus? What does Matthew 5 says? He says, blessed are the merciful. Jesus said this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain they shall obtain mercy. Have you ever been in a situation where like, I just want them to get it for what they did to me? God, would you just get them and get them good? I don't see that. I'm going to talk about that scripture in the end. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, what did he say? What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And yet sometimes we're like, God, just get them. And then when, they, when somehow they fall, you're like, yeah. And it's like, what is that? What is that that doesn't look like Jesus? And I know we're not bad-hearted and we don't mean to do these things, but this is heart check two weeks, okay? I promise we'll preach on something really nice next week. Actually, we're having five for five, so it'll be super nice and super awesome. It's going to be so great. But... So the definition of forgiveness in, in Webster's 1828 is to send an offense away, to reject it. This is my definition of forgiveness, okay? You can take it or leave it. Forgiveness is mercy in action. Say, forgiveness is mercy in action. It's a heart that desires to obey God and live like Jesus did. No matter what. I'm not going to use you. No matter. I'll, I'll use you because... It's just better. We, what did you say? We have problems. We don't. We have problems, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heart that desires to obey God and live like Jesus did. You guys, if you read the Bible, you'll see in the Gospels that Jesus taught us so much about forgiveness. The greatest act in the world, Jesus Christ laying his life on the cross. Come on, right? The ultimate act of forgiveness. So I want to look at Matthew 6. If you have a Bible or device, just open it up. I love that Avea loves church. And by the way, we are getting a nursery very, very soon. Come on. And all the parents with babies said amen. I keep saying soon, and they're like, what does that even mean? I don't
don't trust that lady. She keeps saying we're getting a nursery soon. (laughs) But Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, and Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. He was teaching all of us to pray. And he said, and when you pray, he said, I want you to pray like this. He said, let's read this all together. And even if we have it in different translations, it's okay. Okay, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then, sometimes people, we we stop there. We stop there in verse 13, and we don't go read verse 14. And then he said, for, say for, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This might be the first time some of you are reading this. I did not make this up, I promise. This is in the Bible, and we need to remember that. Yeah, we serve a merciful God. But he's saying, if you want me to forgive you, you got to forgive your brother or your sister or the ones that hurt you, and you got to let it go. See, again, I'm going to say it, that forgiveness is a big deal to God, so much so that he put it in the Lord's Prayer. See, and if you look at the Lord's Prayer and you study it out, he starts with a prayer, okay? Then he moves into petition. And in verse 12 is the only verse in here that requires something from us. Okay? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Say, as I forgive. As I forgive. (laughs) As I forgive. It It requires something on our part. You know? And this is just heart check two weeks. I think God just really wants us to do a heart check. And you know what I love about the Lord when he brings correction? I feel good. Do you ever have that? Like, I feel good. I don't feel condemnation. I don't feel shame. I don't feel guilt. And in fact, in fact, he speaks to me and he corrects me so that I'm rid of the shame, so that I'm rid of the guilt, so that I'm rid of the condemnation. And sometimes we're carrying stuff around about people, offenses and stuff that we're not even aware of. Sometimes we've been carrying things for so long, we don't even realize it anymore. Let me ask you this. Are there people that you try to avoid? (laughs) I'm talking to myself here, okay? So say there's someone here, or there's someone at your workplace, or someone in your family. I don't know how, maybe you live in a mansion so you can't avoid people. We can't avoid each other right now, and I'm calling it the nest, the place that we're staying in right now because our house is being built. We're calling it the nest. Like, it's so small, and we would never try to avoid each other, ever. (laughs) No. Um, But sometimes we unknowingly allow unforgiveness and offenses in our heart, and we're not even aware of it. But I just want to challenge you. Are there people that you avoid? Are there people that you just try to put out of your mind because you just don't want to think about it? Be challenged by Jesus saying, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Because Jesus does not want us alienated from the life of God. Look at me here. She's really cute, but just look at me here, okay? Jesus wants us connected, amen? 
He wants us connected so that we grow. So we cannot allow these offenses, we cannot allow these divisions, these even hurts in our heart to take root in our heart because God's desire is for us to grow. Say, God's desire for me is to grow. We must be intentional, church, and careful to guard our hearts with all diligence. Guarding our hearts looks a lot like forgiveness. And here's the thing. Some of us have frustration, okay? And I'm not saying frustrated is being wrong, but unchecked frustration will lead to unforgiveness. You know, and you might say, you know, but Jenny, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know that I was hurt, that I was betrayed, that I was lied about, that I was abused. No, you're right, I don't know. But you don't know what I've been through either. And the nights that I've had to just let things go, and where's my Bible right here? And hold on to my Bible and cry. There's been seasons in my life that I fought for my heart so greatly that I would sleep with my Bible at night because I couldn't get close enough to Jesus because I just felt like I was going to be crushed to death through the process. And I just said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. We need to fight for our heart. and He's with us. But I want to challenge you guys with something, maybe something that you haven't thought about. And this was a thought that Jesus was challenging me with this week. He said, Jenny, what if forgiveness was an invitation to walk closer to me and become more like me? Isn't that good? He said, what if forgiveness was an invitation to walk closer to me and to become more like me? What if you viewed forgiveness as an invitation to have the supernatural capacity for carrying the love of God and loving others in a way that you didn't know was possible? Do you want to love people like Jesus? Church, do you? Yeah. What if we realized that forgiveness was an invitation to bring greater strength and unity to the body of Christ that would help release the love and miraculous power of God? See, when we look, at, when we look in the Gospels, often when you see a miracle, it will say Jesus was moved with. Jesus was moved with. We don't gain compassion in our lives without being crushed. To move in the miraculous, to move in the love of God, to move in the power of God, it's going to crush you. It's going to cost you something. You're going to be challenged. You're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to get really good at forgiving. You're going to have to get really good at letting go. You're going to have to get really good at loving people like Jesus. And it's easy to hear here, but as soon as we walk out the door after hearing a message like this, I'm sorry, you're probably going to be challenged. But I'm not sorry because we have an invitation to become more like Jesus. We have an invitation to grow. What if we realized, talking to two marrieds here, what if we realized forgiveness was the key to unlocking our marriages and having the marriage we have always dreamed of and restored what was lost? What if forgiveness can restore what was lost? Freedom is found, church, in Christ. Um, Corey Ten Boom said this. She said, forgiveness is setting the prisoner free only to find out that that prisoner was me. She said, I'm going to say it again. Forgiveness is setting the prisoner free only to find out that that prisoner was me. And you say, well, this is all great, Jen, but what do I do? 
I'm young. I don't know what to do, and I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do with this unforgiveness and this stuff that I'm dealing with in my heart. Well, the first thing that I'm going to tell you is you need to take that frustration You need to take that angst that you're feeling, and you need to take it to the foot of the cross first and foremost. Don't take it to everybody else. You don't want to cause division, and, you know, sometimes we do that out of our naivety and, you know, our own ignorance, and, and that's okay. But there's a better way. There's a better way, and that's first we take it to Jesus. Say, take it to Jesus. You know, you remember that old song, leave it there, leave it there? Lay your burdens at the, you don't remember that song? Does anybody else remember that song? Yeah, Levi. Come on, Levi. Me and you. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So we leave it there. We leave it at the foot of the cross. And we forgive that person. We forgive that person. I'm going to tell you something transparent about me. I was sexually abused for seven years of my life as a young person. A lot of you know this already, but some of you are new and you don't know this about me. I had to make a choice to forgive that person. And sometimes, still, when you're dealing with this stuff, you have to make an everyday choice. But when I look at Jesus, and when I look at the power of what Jesus did, when I look at the, for, the way he was able to forgive people, Judas, he was able to forgive Peter, Shoot, guys, he prayed for Peter, even though Peter was going to deny him three times. He said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith would not fail. Who says that to someone that they know they're going to deny them three times and put them on the cross? That challenges challenges me. So I know that if Jesus did, I can too. Amen? Say, I can too. Okay, so we leave it there, we forgive them. And sometimes... That's as far as we need to take it. In my life, I can say usually, that's the only place I usually take it. But sometimes the Lord will instruct us to go further and go to that individual and just say, hey, can I talk to you about something? You know, okay? So those are some steps. But I want to, I posted this on my Instagram. Some of you might have saw this yesterday. But this was a daily declaration that I wrote out this week. Do you guys ever make declarations? A daily declaration to help keep our hearts clean and clear. Does that sound nice? It's like a marketing. Clean and clear. So good. What if we woke up every day and prayed something like this? Today, I will not be held back by offense, division, hurt, or disappointments. Today is another day. I'm choosing love. I'm choosing forgiveness. And I'm choosing you, Jesus. Today is another day. I'll choose to believe in others even, say even, if they don't believe in me. God, thank you for every person that you've placed in my life. May I give more than I take, love when it hurts, and even when it's undeserved. I'm choosing to listen more than I speak, and no matter what, say no matter what, I'm laying my life down for those around me because that's who you are, Jesus, and I want to be surrendered, holy and righteous, more like you. There's a recipe, and I'm going to close off with this, but there's a recipe, um, not yet, worship team, because you're probably wondering, but just hold on one sec. There's a recipe, um, I love Paul because he wrote this too, in Colossians 3.12, so if you have a Bible, you can open up there, Colossians 3.12. And there's a recipe for forgiveness here. The word of God is our source, amen? Every issue that we have in life 
can be solved and found in the word of God. In verse 12, Paul said this, Put on then, as, cho- as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Say compassionate hearts. Say kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And he said, bearing with one another, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Say forgiving each other. Look at the person next to you. Say forgiving each other. Look at the other person. Say, I forgive you. (laughs) As the Lord has forgiven you, church, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love. Say put on love, which binds everything together. Okay? Just, just like we were up front here, which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Some of us are lacking peace in our life because we're walking in unforgiveness. Some of us are lacking peace in our life because we've chosen to walk in unforgiveness. And the Spirit of God is saying to you, forgive them. Forgive them and let it go. Here's another thought. Maybe you're the person you need to forgive. Maybe you need to forgive yourself and quit holding things against yourself and quit being so hard on yourself. And God wants to heal your heart today because perhaps you have a critical spirit and you are so hard on yourself. Are there any people that are hard on yourself in this room? Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm not trying to make this weird, but Jesus is saying, I love you. I love you. Okay, I need seven, vol- seven, six, six volunteers to come up to the front. Oh my goodness, you guys. Are we still here? Six. Come on, some. There you go. There's my bold little sum. So we had our recipe. Okay, so what did Paul say? Put on, can you read that? Sorry, I didn't have my black. Can you read that? Put on, put on kindness. What's yours say? Humility. Humility. I hope I have them. Hold on. Which one's yours? Meekness. Patience. Love. You want to live a life of forgiveness? Church. We got to put on compassion. And we got to put on kindness. Kindness. We got to put on humility. Meekness, patience, love. Do you guys know what? Do you guys know what all those words mean? Forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) Just say that in the mic. Forgiveness. Yes, but (laughs) individually, I love people like you. You're the best. Um, But you guys individually know what some of these words mean, because it's important to me that you understand. Okay, you want to describe compassion? Compassion is caring, caring more about others than yourself. It's feeling, it's empathy, it's love. What does kindness look like to you? Do you want me to help you? Kindness is like 
friendly niceness, okay, if I can say it like that. Kindness is like having a generous heart. Do you know the word, if you study out the word uh, in Greek, in kindness, it has such power in, in being, kindness has such power in display that it can actually change the atmosphere of the room. It's pretty powerful. You know, when the Bible talks about it, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. Yeah. Kindness is powerful. It's powerful. Humility. What do you think humility means? Um, okay. Being humble and not thinking of yourself as better than others. So and good. you can lay down your life for someone. I don't know. That's hey, mine. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Say it again. <laughs> the whole thing? <laughs> not the first part? Oh, the f um, being humble? Um, no, myself. Um, um, not thinking you're better than others. You know, I also heard, do you guys ever listen to Praise 106.5 late at night? Sometimes it's like the only thing on, so I'm like, oh, it's come down to this. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm listening to Praise 106.5, and they're doing a teaching, but I actually heard this woman, she was speaking on humility, and I love this definition. She said, you know what my definition of humility is? Humility knows its place. Humility knows how to stay in its lane. Amen? Okay, what's your word? Meekness. And I Meekness. It's Okay. Okay, so I think one of the greatest examples of meekness, it's, it's when you have the power to do something, but you don't do it because you're not supposed to, okay? So like Jesus being, on, Jesus being on the cross, he had the power to call down the angels to help and deliver him, didn't he? But he didn't because he knew that he had to give his life as a ransom for many, so that resurrection life. Does that help? Okay, so that's meekness. Okay, patience. Are you thinking? I'm sure it'll, something will come out of my mouth. Um... <laughs> I just think of little kids and having a patient spirit when we could get frustrated and we could break down, but instead we have contagious calm and we instead choose patience and to stick it out. Come on, that was good. Yeah. Good job. That was pretty good for something. Well, I'm sure something will come. I also heard a definition. I think it was Joyce Meyer that said this. She said, patience is your attitude while waiting. Isn't that good? Yeah, patience. Someone's clapping. Maybe it was a little kid. I don't know. Okay, and what's your word? <laughs> this is my son, by the way, Josiah. Isn't he the best? Okay. My word is love. Uh, love is laying your life down for someone or something. Come on. Okay, guys. Perfect. I can't say that anywhere. Let's give it up for all of them. You want to keep your card? You can keep your card and go down. It's great. Okay, let's stand up, church. We'll have the worship team come to the front. The Spirit of God is talking to us about our hearts. Our hearts are a big deal to God. You're a big deal to God. And I already brought this scripture up, but I want to I finish with this scripture before we sing a song. And we're going to sing an old song called Here I Am to Worship. But Luke 23, 34... Jesus is hanging on the cross. I already made mention to this. And he's saying, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he wasn't like, ha-ha, they don't know what they're doing. Uh-uh. Because if Jesus had that attitude, resurrection life wouldn't have been born. So many of us, do you want to walk in the love of God? Church, lift your hand up. Do you want to walk in the life of God? Do you want to walk in compassion? and humility, and patience, and peace, 
and be used by the Lord in this hour. We were singing, there's an army rising up that looks like an army of humility, an army walking in patience, an army walking in compassion, an army walking in forgiveness, an army walking in kindness, an army walking in hope. So when Jesus said, Father, and I want to finish with this, forgive them, that word Father is from the Greek word patir, which is 3962, but this is what it means. You want to hear what it means? Father is the one who imparts life and is committed to it. Isn't that good? And I cried when I read that this week. Because I want to be like that. I want to be one that helps impart life and is committed to that. But Emily, that's going to crush me. That's going to crush you. That's going to challenge us. Forgiveness doesn't just happen. It happens when we say, Jesus, we want to be more like you. So let's just lift our hands to the Lord this morning and say, Jesus, I believe in you. Say, Jesus, I belong to you. I give you my heart. I give you my everything today. Lord, if there's something in my heart that is not right, if there's an offense, if there's an unforgiveness in my heart that needs to go, Lord, I choose right now to let it go. And I will obey you if I need to go talk to someone later. But Jesus, thank you for your blood that washes me and cleanses me and sanctifies me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.